you know, the biggest thing was that he had told me he loved me. Mm -hmm. I dropped him off at the Denver airport. He told me that he loved me for the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I want you to stay. And he's like, I can't, like, he had already extended his trip like two days. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't, but I'll see you next week, whatever. Told me this big elaborate story of his friend that was getting divorced, that he had to go help clean out his house and all this stuff. And little do I know, he like walks across the jetway at Denver airport, gets on a plane to Aspen, which is two hours away and is on like a week long trip with another girl, (sighs) two hours from my house and lying to me the whole time that he can't talk on the phone and all this stuff right after he tells me he loves me. Hello, welcome back. We're here for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I'm so excited today. I have Mia Pietrafesa. We actually met on Clubhouse and she is a fellow podcaster who also has a podcast about just her life and some of her, you know, dating stories as well titled, Hey, It's Me. Definitely recommend that you give it a listen. And I'm so excited to introduce her today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So cool to see your face. I know we're on video here, but matching a face to all the voices on Clubhouse is so crazy. I know. And like the little avatars that you get are so small. So it's like, I kind of know what you look like, but not really. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm so excited that we connected and would love to just hear a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I live in Denver, Colorado. I'm 32. I moved here pre-pandemic, like right before the pandemic. So not the best timing, but I've been in New Yorker my whole life. I grew up upstate. I lived in Manhattan for a while, and then I lived over near Buffalo. So I had been a New Yorker my whole life, just wanted to change Moved out here to Denver. My brother's been here for seven years. We just wanted to be a little bit closer. So that was really nice. I own a creative agency called Scotchberry, and I do visual brand identity and SEO and web development. I started that business about six years ago, and it was just freelancing at first. And now I have a catalog of about 22 clients, which is really nice. But it's taken some time for sure. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of me and what I do and my thing. And looking forward to getting my second shot this weekend. And uh, (gasps) yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopeful for the summer and what's to come, you know, post COVID. So yeah, I feel like this will be your first real summer in Denver. That's so exciting. Yeah, I mean, I've visited my brother a bunch, but now living here and like getting to know people, it's different now. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. How was it transitioning from life in New York? And I know you've, like you mentioned, spent time in Denver before, but I imagine it's still kind of a sharp transition. 
It is really different. I mean, I grew up upstate, which was very rural, but, you know, living in Manhattan for so long and being such a city girl, just myself, it's so different out here. Everything's super laid back. There's lots of people here from Colorado, but also a lot of people from California as well, which mm. they always say, like, East and West Coast don't mix. They're two different mm. types of people. And so <laughs> that's the one thing that's been really different dating, friendships, all of that. But it's obviously a more outdoorsy place it's really beautiful like I've never seen the stars the way that I've seen the stars out here because it's just so clear and Mm -hmm. being in the city or we're always living near a big city you don't really get that so it is really different the culture is very different but I like it it's peaceful I'll put it that way it's very peaceful (laughs) yeah so in addition to wanting a change of pace wanting to be closer to your brother what was the final straw I guess for you to move from New York to Denver We don't really have family up there anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of alone. I had gone through two really big relationships that really just knocked me down. And on top of that, I had a lot of toxic friendships as well, that as I was growing older, I was like, you know what, these people just aren't for me, these people that I'm around, and I need a change because it was the same kind of circle of people, whether I was in the city or back at home or upstate, it was the same. Everybody kind of knew everybody else. It was a big fish, small pond mentality, which Mm -hmm. can be really toxic, but also really tricky too, especially with dating. Like you go on a date and people say, oh, are you so-and-so's old roommate? Or, oh, are you so-and-so's sister? And there's always like a connect the dot. And it was really tough. And I just knew like I needed a little bit of a change. I've always been a New Yorker wanted to be closer to some family. My dad is way down south and I just love change of seasons. So I came to Mm -hmm. see my brother and I just figured why not, you know, I don't have any roots in New York anymore. Just make a change, meet new people. Mm -hmm. And I have, and it's been really interesting year. It's my first time being on dating apps, which was really, really Oh my gosh. Wait, first time ever? Yeah, this year. Yeah. So like back home, a lot of the relationships I had happened very organically. My one relationship I was in for a long time was in college. And then the other one was a guy I literally met at a bar. So and then other dates I had gone on in between were setups like through friends, or I had met them in groups of friends, Mm -hmm. and then later on connected. So this was the first time I ever actually used a dating app. So it's been a wild wild ride. I feel like we have so much to unpack because (laughs) I've been on the dating apps. Like I've had a lot of experience and for a while, all of the serious relationships that I had were also people who I met in person. So I would like go on these dates in between those relationships, but be like, is it possible to meet somebody who you actually connect with in a serious way on the apps? Like it didn't feel like it I recently did start dating someone who I did meet on Hinge. So I guess like after a oh, nice. hundred plus dates, it's possible. <laughs> it can work. There's yes. one for as well. <laughs> but like, what's your experience been like so far? 
I mean, I've had some really crazy stories. I actually went viral on TikTok because of some of these stories. <laughs> um, I got TikTok during quarantine just as an entertainment thing and something else to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously realized it was a lot of Gen Zers and the dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. So I didn't really <laughs> post very much. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing a girl doing like hinge profile reviews. I'm like, that's really funny. Mm-hmm. I, I could totally do this, especially because the men out here are so different from the men <laughs> at home. Like there's imagine. a lot of fish photos and hunting photos because <laughs> yes. we are in the wilderness out here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally live in a cottage that's like on the front range of a mountain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have foxes in my garbage. Like <laughs> it's things like that, that really were never a part of my life <laughs> until <Yes>. now. <laughs> and the men are very much the same. You know, there's lots of fish photos and hunting and hiking photos. And very rarely will you see the type of profile that I can only assume is back in New York, where it's a lot of like mm-hmm three-piece suits and going yes. out to dinner. So it's a mm-hmm. very different style of man. So that's the number one thing. So I went on TikTok and I was ranking these profiles and I had this little mini microphone that a girlfriend sent me from <laughs> Amazon. And it's literally a microphone, but like ant-sized. So you hold it like with your thumb <laughs> and it's so cute and funny. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't really understand this guy. He It says like, let's make sure we're on the same page about hydration. I'm like, is somebody going to question you about staying hydrated? Like, that's so odd. Like, why is this an answer? And then I would like move on. So I wasn't really (laughs) mocking them so much as I was just like, this dating world is so Mm -hmm. interesting. I met a guy on an app and we talked for a bit. I'm a big phone call person. I like to get to know you first because I'm not going to waste my Mm -hmm. time on a date where I'm like, we just do not connect. And so if you can have a conversation on the phone, you can go on a date. So we talked for a bit, actually, about a week, meet up for drinks. Everything was great. Agree to have dinner later in the week. We keep talking. We FaceTime maybe once or twice. I was running a little bit late, and I had told him that. And he was like, no problem. I'm at the bar. I walk in. He's got two shot glasses and a beer in front of him. And it's like a Uh, Tuesday at like 4.45. Like we were going like happy hour. But he was like ripping shots, which is just, it was a lot. I was like, calm down. Yeah, it's kind of a red flag. Yeah, I'm like, hi, hi. Uh, So, you know, like, what's up? And he's like, yeah, want to sit down? I'm like, sure. Aggressive. Yes, very different like attitude than... I had been used to communicating with him throughout the week. So we sit down. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you want to get a shot? I'm like, uh, I'm good. And we <laughs> ordered dinner. We ordered drinks. And <laughs> we ordered dinner and drinks. And he comments on what I ordered. Okay. He asked me if I had friends here because I was new here. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've gotten to know people. He's like, oh, so you don't have friends. I'm like, no, what? that's not what I said. Not and what then- I said. Right. And then he was like, so tell me about your business. I'm like, well, you know, I started freelancing and I have a handful of clients right now that are on hold because of COVID. He's like, oh, doesn't really sound legit. I'm like, what? (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) Wait, it sounds like he's trying to like neg you. Yes. So I said, you know, I'll be right back. And he gets up and goes to the bathroom. And then two seconds later, he comes back. 
grabs his phone off the table and, and I make a joke. I'm very sarcastic. And I'm like, oh, what do you have to do? Take a mirror selfie? And he just kind of like, haha, <laughs> whatever, and walked away. Five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by. I don't know what's going on. The waitress comes over and she's like, hi, um, so the guy you were with wanted me to let you know that he had left. And what? I said, what? <laughs> oh, I was just like, my God. What? So naturally I go, I reach for my bag and get <sighs> my phone and I have a paragraph text message from him. Now, oh, wow. just, just to digress a bit like I was posting this on TikTok in three parts so I did like a first Mm -hmm. part I was like here's a dating story from hinge with my mini microphone I'm talking about the date and it cuts you off obviously after 60 seconds so people are like Mm -hmm. oh my god I got 300,000 views overnight I got all these comments like part two part two tell us what he said like tell us what (laughs) happened like did you go after him so then I did a part two and I was like here's the text and I post the text message which basically Mm -hmm. says you ordered a really heavy meal which shows me you don't seem to care very much about the way that you look or physicality coming from the man who was like drinking alcohol ripping shots alone yes like told me I didn't really care very much about health and wellness. And then he said, wow. your your business doesn't really seem like it's legit. And I don't really feel like babysitting someone brand new in Denver. Like you don't seem to have a lot of friends. And I'm like, are you kidding? Uh, and she's like, I'll give you a fuck? minute. Like the waitress is like, oh my God, I'll give you a minute. So she leaves, comes back and I'm like, well, wait a minute. We ordered dinner and she goes yeah Yeah. honestly like it's ready to come out do you want me to just box it up and I'm like um I guess and so then I guess she told the bartender what happened they took all the drinks off my tab and then he came back and I had to like pay for everything but mind you this was like in the midst of COVID summer Mm -hmm, so it was mm -hmm. super socially distant the table I was at was just a two top in the middle of Mm -hmm. a restaurant super separated from everybody else so it was really really embarrassing and I was just like I don't understand like what is this and yeah that was like a series of one of maybe five really bad dates I have gone on here all from Hinge and I've been told okay. that Hinge is like the good one. <laughs> yeah, I was literally going to say, like, I, I've had the best experience on Hinge. And that's not to say, like, oh, it's, you know, a plethora of, like, gentlemen and, like, all of that. But it's way yeah. better than the others. So I can only imagine. Right. I really am shocked that you had that experience because, okay, like, not that this should matter. Nobody deserves to be treated this way. But you're a catch. And I'm, I just, you know, like the fact that you're an entrepreneur and he spun that to be like, oh, you aren't financially stable. And the fact that you're secure in yourself to like order whatever you want rather than just like ordering a salad or something else. And he spun that to be like, you're not healthy. Like, I just can't, I'm shocked at the level of gaslighting that's happening. You know, I never looked at it that way in the sense that like he may or may not have been intimidated by me because quite frankly, he was incredibly successful. Like we had already spoken about his career and that he just got a new house and we had talked about it. He had showed me his house on FaceTime. It was beautiful. So we had talked about success and growing and how I built my business and all of this. So we had already discussed a lot of this where I thought we were like kind of past like the impression 
portion of the evening. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he really did spin everything to be a me issue and not a him issue. And I obviously didn't care enough about him to really be upset by this, but it was messed up. Like to treat somebody like that and just leave them is, and then to have to like list it out, you know, and, uh, it was very interesting very interesting (laughs) it's very cowardly and it's like you have the audacity to come for somebody who you don't even know that way but you can't even do it to their face you know like that doesn't show any bravery at all it's like you just want to cut someone down but you can't even deal with the repercussions of doing it in person and also someone Mm -hmm. who's so successful how are you then going to leave somebody else with the bill like what a classless move Yeah, the whole bill thing. That's the other thing about being out here in Colorado. I think I've probably gone on two date, two or three dates where like uh, the man has actually paid for the date. Two or three out of like approximately how many? Like 50. (laughs) No Um, way. Yeah, like there's oh a lot of drink dates. There's a lot of drink dates, which mm-hmm. is fine. I'm totally fine with drink dates, but it's always like let's split it. And I'm totally here for splitting, especially if you're dating. But in the beginning, to me, it's not a money thing, too. I think guys get really yeah. wrapped up in like she wants me to spend money on her. It's really not a money thing. It mm-hmm. is so much more the gesture. And it's that like you yes. asked me out. You're you want me to come spend time with you to get to know you. Like, why mm-hmm. is it such a big deal yeah. to pay? Because for me, it's not a big deal. It just shows me that you don't really care very much. And when I go out to dinner with my brother or dinner with my friends that are men or there are men in the group, that's a platonic thing. And so if you want to treat me Mm -hmm. like a friend, then yeah, we can totally split the check. But the amount of men that I've gone out with that then drive me home and expect to come inside or have a kiss or whatever after not even offering to pay, it blows blows my mind it's also just so far from how I was raised my father is like the perfect gentleman to my stepmother and to my mother like perfect perfect gentleman my brother the same way so it's different and it's difficult for me to really wrap my mind around it and as much as dating at home was really toxic and rough never once did I have to like wonder if the guy was going to pay like they were all that way so I don't know if it's like where I'm at what age I'm at what age range I'm dating now or what's going on um and I also have this small feeling that I think men use this wave of feminism as a bit of a crutch Mm -hmm. I think that they think that women like to pay for things (laughs) and so they're like oh well I'm doing this for you and it's like that's really great (laughs) but like what I did for myself was I got my hair done and my nails done and mm-hmm. waxed and whatever and a new outfit for this date because I could afford to do that for mm-hmm. myself to feel special because I was going on a date with a man who was going to take me out. And here I am still having to pay for that. So thank you so much. I even had a guy one time say, well, because I took the check. I was like, you know what? If you're going to wow. split it, don't even worry what about a power it. Move. I paid for the whole thing. He goes, that was really emasculating. <laughs> and I said, what was that you asked to split the check or that I paid for it? Because to me, 
you emasculated yourself mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, not that he's a lesser of a man, but he emasculated himself by saying, I'm not going to pay for you for your $14 half of this meal. You know? Absolutely. Like, like if he's not secure enough in his manhood for you to like pay for a check without him feeling emasculated, you're right. He should not have asked you to split in the first place. And I love what you said earlier about it not really being about the money itself, because I remember I had this guy and we went to a really nice French restaurant that he had picked for our first date. We had had a FaceTime date before. So I was like, okay, like this could go somewhere. And he was like, let's order this bottle of wine. Let's order this appetizer. Let's get like split these things. Let's get dessert. And then at the end, it's like, okay, we're going to split it. And then he also like didn't walk me to my car. And I was just like, I just feel like those two things are just indicative of you not being very chivalrous. Yeah, it's a a gesture thing. If you want to catch this girl, like make her feel special at the very least on the first date, Mm -hmm. at the very minimum, you know. But if you're just not interested, I still don't think that that's an excuse to treat someone poorly if you're not interested. No. You know. And I think that a lot of times guys are like, oh, we have to do this dinner date and make it somewhere really expensive. And I would much rather go on a casual first date where you treat to like a drink or even coffee or like ice cream or something than go on a dinner date and then split the bill. Totally agree with that. And I'm fine with splitting too. Like once you're dating, yeah. if, if it's like a longer night where you're like, oh, we're going to drinks for happy hour and then we have dinner reservations, like I'll pick up the drinks, you pick up dinner. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if we're going to an event or something, like one of the main concert places out here is like 20 minutes away. So it's like if you got the tickets, like I'll get the Ubers or whatever, like you make it a little bit more even. And like, I've never had like expectations for men to pay, I would Mm -hmm. just hope that they did. And once Mm -hmm. they don't, it's like, hmm, like, is this feeling that I had an expectation or just that, like, this is really not the guy for me, because I would have hoped he would have just handled it. Yeah, yeah, I think men get really wrapped up on it being a money thing. And it's really not. Exactly. And I totally feel the same way as you once I'm dating someone, I would feel uncomfortable, actually, if they paid for everything. Like I do think once you've established that you're a partnership, then it should be a true partnership. And you should kind of make an effort to make things a little bit more even. But yeah, in the early stages, I think if you're looking for someone to court you, then a guy asking you to split just isn't going to cut it. Yeah, totally. Totally agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. So I would love to dive into like some of these other dates that you went on and like any other standouts. And also if you had any standouts that were positive, because I feel like when I went to Denver with one of my good girlfriends last year, we visited for the first time and we were so excited. We were calling it Menver in the week leading up to it. We like switched our hinge location. We both went on like a date with a different guy while we were there. And I think, you know, when you go to a new city, First of all, you're kind of like excited just because it's a new pool of people to choose from. I also think that the apps probably bump you to the top because you're like a new user. And so I kind of left thinking like, oh, the dating pool in Denver is full of really amazing guys. But then it sounds like from your experience, that might not necessarily be the case more so than in other cities. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) So they do call it member. They do mostly because the population is like 70, 30 men. Oh, wow. I have since learned from my brother who is gay Mm -hmm. of the 70%, 30% of that are gay. So there's really Really? 40%. 
Okay, I did not know that. Really large gay community. Their pride is one of the biggest in the Midwest. People Mm. come up here from Texas, come down from like northern states come over from Vegas and Utah. So it's a really big gay community here. It's one of the reasons my brother moved here. Just being from back east, it can be really difficult. So the gay community Mm -hmm. is actually really massive. Some of the people, the only people I've met on Clubhouse from Denver are gay. (laughs) Like that's (laughs) so funny to me. But yeah, no, I mean, there are a lot of men, but there are a lot of men that don't care for a relationship. I'm not husband hunting. I am 32. I'd love to be married with children, you know, but I'm not sitting here being like, hi, I'm Mia. I want a relationship. If you don't, too bad. Like, move on. I need a husband. Like, that is not my attitude at all. And I, I make sure of that because it's a lot of pressure, not only for the guy, but it's pressure on me to like perform in a relationship too. Like, you really have to give something the right amount of time. And when I've been dating, I do want to make clear though that like I'm not here to hang and bang either. Like yeah. I have all these little terms like husband hunting <laughs> I and love hang it. and bang because <laughs> like I've just had to find a way to make this so clear and it, it like sucks, but at the same time it's kind of my quirk. So <laughs> you know, I'm not here to just hook up with you either. Like I want a relationship. I don't have to be your girlfriend. We don't have to do labels or any of that. But if I'm seeing you, if I'm sleeping with you, I'm not doing that with other people. I go one Mm -hmm. at a time. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But like, I don't rush anything. And a lot of guys are like, oh yeah, I'm not really into that. Like if we get drinks and then you just come over, like that's cool. And there's a lot of that out here. And then, you know, I have had positive experiences where I was seeing a guy for about a month last summer in August Mm -hmm. and everything was great. But there was a lot of me doing for him. Mm -hmm. Like I would be traveling to his place, which was 20 minutes from my house, but my house was closer to the city where he worked Mm -hmm. and he was still going to office even during COVID. So it didn't make like a lot of sense that I would be like traveling always to him, but never really said anything. And then when I did, it was always this huge discussion. And it was a lot about catering to him. As I got to know him, he was from California, he was the only child, he was used to these kind of relationships where not only did his parents do everything for him, never had a day of debt in his life, very Mm. privileged life. And then also girlfriends that did the same that just kind of got fed up with him that he was very honest with me about (laughs) that they were just like, you know what, I feel like you don't really care very much about me, like, I'm gonna go and he was just like, okay, like, it was too much work for him. And when that started to show I was like, okay, this kind of sucks. But in the beginning, everything was great. And I really clung to him because he was one of the first guys that like, actually was a bit of a gentleman, Mm -hmm. opened my door for me, was kind to me, seemed like a really good person just in general to his friends and people around him. Mm -hmm. So I liked him a lot, but then things started coming out. And that was like the one, I would say, like positive experience here in Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a client that's in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so I go to Chicago quite often. And because of COVID, I had not seen my client in a long time. And I had this fear that they were going to drop me before the end of the year. So I had to go in November. Mm -hmm. While I was there, I went to a soul cycle class. Then I came home, 
went back two weeks later, went to a different soul cycle class, different instructor, different time, same location. And both classes, the same guy was in the class. He came up to me at the end of the class and said, listen, like I've seen you twice. So he's like, I felt like I should say something like I haven't seen you in like a month. I was like, this is bizarre because I don't even live here. I've traveled, you know, like this is just the workout that I can do, like whatever. And so we got to talking and exchanged numbers and FaceTimed for a while and spoke for a while. And I was obviously back here for the holidays and all of that. And Mm -hmm. we end up in like a full relationship where he was coming out here, I was going out there. He took care of everything, was such a gentleman, like, let me get your flight. I'm like, no, no, let me split it. He's like, nope. Like, you're you're going through all that travel. I'll take care of it. Like, it's amazing. was all about it. Yeah. And I don't think I ever really lifted a finger unless I wanted to, like, unless it was a surprise where like, I would make him breakfast or I would go get food for us and bring it back mm-hmm. or something like that where he didn't really like know about it. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. he really did take care of everything, which I've now learned it was love bombing because he was, <sighs> yeah. he was kind of creating a cover because mm. he was with another girl the whole time. Oh and God. she and I end up finding out about each other basically. And it was this absolutely wild situation that just blew up like late February to the point where I said, listen, like, I need to talk to you about something. I've heard this, this and this. And I didn't name her, didn't say anything. I was like, I just I really need to like talk to you. And he's like, can you give me a second? Like, let me call you right back. And I'm like, "Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. He's like, are you home? And I said, yeah, I'll be here. And he hung up, an hour goes by, two hours goes by, I go to text him, my texts go green, I'm blocked on everything on Instagram, all socials, can't call him, and have not heard from him since. It was an absolute mindfuck, like absolutely, because I've never felt so tricked in my life. I've never really been cheated on. I've been lied to, but like, you know, by omission, not in a way like this, where it was super calculated. Mm -hmm. And then the love bombing on top of it was something I recently learned about through therapy, just going over this was that Mm -hmm. he was doing a lot of this on purpose, not because he cared for me. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really difficult to, I feel like, absorb and like, come back from. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was hard. It was really hard. But you know, the biggest thing was that he had told me he loved me. Mm -hmm. I dropped him off at the Denver airport. He told me that he loved me for the first time. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, I want you to stay. And he's like, I can't like he had already extended his trip like two days. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't but I'll see you next week, whatever told me this big elaborate story of his friend that was getting divorced that he had to go help clean out his house and all this stuff and little do I know he like walks across the jetway at Denver airport gets on a plane to Aspen which is two hours away and is on like a week-long trip with another girl (sighs) two hours from my house and lying to me the whole time that he can't talk on the phone and all this stuff right after he tells me he loves me so it's like I was really in love with him Mm -hmm. and like it was just completely, completely fake for him. 
But I mean, the the depth of the lies, like he lied to me about his age, like what? he was not the age he told me he was. Oh yeah. God. And like, who am I to like check his ID or whatever? Yeah, you, you would know? never like, think to because you trust this person like implicitly. Right. But like when someone says like, oh, how old are you? And you're just like, oh, I'm 32. You're just like, okay. Yeah. You take that <laughs> at face value. <laughs> Fact check them, you know? And so he had lied to me about a six year deficit what? of his age. So he was six like years wild. older? No, no. What? <laughs> Younger. Wait, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he had lied to, I mean, the lies that not only I found out, but this other girl, this other poor girl found out, like we compared notes basically. And we were on the phone for almost two and a half hours one day. And oh like since all of this, he now has a brand new girlfriend who's 20. <gasps> Oh, and gosh. it like that whole situation's even wilder because she used to be friends with this other girl and what? like basically snuck in like under the wire. Oh, yeah, it's the wildest story you really will ever hear. <laughs> so, Literally. That is my big relationship of the year. And it wasn't even like a guy from Denver. So I'm at a point <laughs> where I'm like, what the heck because I've never been bitter I've never been a girl that's had trust mm-hmm. issues I've never entered into a relationship and been like just so you know the last guy he did this and he had these problems Mm-mm. and da, 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 and this is how he made me feel I've never ever done that and now I'm almost like afraid to date again because I'm worried that I will have that against somebody else and I don't find that to be fair I wouldn't want mm-hmm. somebody to do that to me I've had men do that to me where they're like my mm. ex was crazy and, da, 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 and you could be too and I'm like great <laughs> I'm not her yeah and like I'd love to give somebody else that same grace but now I kind of understand why men have done that you know yeah so uh that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> currently <sighs> so like Obviously, like we talked about this story before, so it's not even like this is the first time I'm hearing about the situation. It is still mm-hmm. just shocking. And I can't imagine what you are going through just on a number of levels, because for one, even when you're telling the story of how you met, it's like, what a meet cute. And it's like, yeah, like in hindsight, it's easy to maybe look back. And I'm not saying maybe because I wouldn't even say with like certainty that I would look back and say like, oh, yeah, that was love bombing. Like, it just seems like, oh, here's someone who cares about me. Because I think as someone who is empathetic in relationships and brings your genuine self to a relationship, it's like, why you can't even fathom that somebody could be so duplicitous. It's like so crazy. Right. That's a great word. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's a good, and I'm going to use that word to describe the situation moving (laughs) forward. But no, I mean, I just was talking about this the other day with my best, best friend that I've had since we were like 11 and she's married to one of our other good friends, but she has gone through a slew of relationships before she ended up marrying him. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked all about all of this. Mm -hmm. And so I finally caught her up on the full story and we were talking about it and she said, you know, Mia, I think some advice is don't... (laughs) don't tell a guy what you need or what you want from him in the beginning. You need to let him show you Mm. because I think what my biggest issue was that I was like, you know, I haven't really been treated that well. And he's like, Oh, you know, how come, how come I'm like, the details don't really matter. I just 
you know, yeah. I've had a lot of guys that have kind of been shitty to me and very selfish and not so kind. And I, you know, I think I deserve that, but I'm a very giving person. My love language is acts of service and quality time. So mm. like, I am so, so giving and like thoughtfulness is a big thing for me too. But I had never really thought about how I receive love, mm-hmm. like love languages, you know, we think a lot about how do we show love, but mm-hmm. I've never really thought about how I receive love. And so when we started talking about this, I was like, yeah, I mean, I feel like acts of service is also how I would hope to receive love. And mm-hmm. so I had talked to him about this at length when we first met, it was a bonding thing. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is I showed him exactly what I needed and then he was that, but it was not genuine. Like he wasn't figuring out what I needed on his own. Mm-hmm. I basically gave him the script and he ran with it and sprinkled it so that it was covering all of the other like crap that was going on underneath. I mean, he changed yeah. our names in his phone to men's names so that when I was with him and she texted him, I thought it was a guy and wow. vice versa. Like we thought it was his guy friends texting him. And the level of like, <laughs> like, I don't know how he kept up with it because that's like a lot yeah. of lying to be able to decipher like, okay, this person in my phone is actually Mia, you know, like, yeah, I, it, it really blew my mind. Like the level of the lies. <laughs> So literally, um, I feel like yeah. keeping up with any relationship is like a lot of work, let alone two relationships that you're trying to keep a secret. That's that's insane. Yeah. yeah. So <sighs> but yeah, no, thank you. I've I've been having to like really divide my thoughts and emotions around this. And I mm-hmm. will say this might be the first time that like I can honestly say it was a really shitty breakup, but mm-hmm. separating from him was really easy. Mm. Um, and I, I spoke about this in my podcast. I called him a shitty person and then I kind of took it back. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't like calling people shitty people, but he showed me who he was and what he was capable of. Yeah. And that made me get over him very, very quickly. Yeah. But getting over the situation and like not only what happened to me, not in like a victim sense, but more in the sense that like, I was so tricked and I Mm -hmm. fell for it and I allowed myself to fall for it. And like, how did I not see this? How did I not pick up on any of it? You know, like, was I blind? Like, why was I not more cognizant? I was too forgiving. All these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the part that's been difficult to get over that I'm like in quote unquote, like recovery or healing from in this breakup. Yeah. As far as like being over him, hell yeah. Like, Mm We're done with that. Yes. Um, but I also got zero closure from this situation. Yeah. He just completely, completely blocked me. So again, yeah. another extremely cowardly move. And I want to go back to like one thing you said. It was so interesting that your friend really called out exactly how he was able to decipher what you needed in order to like really build that trust. I never would have even thought about that. The fact that like opening up in that way could then be used against you for someone who has bad intentions. And like, I know it's so difficult to not be hard on yourself, but I feel like, you know, like I said earlier, you're just, you're not that type of person. And I feel like for anyone who is coming into a relationship with an honest viewpoint and like honest intentions, like, 
I don't know. I feel like you're never going to like think that way. It's only kind of maybe after something like this happens that I can see why you might get a little bit jaded. And I will admit, like even hearing this also, crazily enough, the same week that you and I first connected and you told me this story, one of my girlfriends who lives in San Diego told me a similar story where like this guy she was dating was dating somebody else, had changed their names and their phone. Like, and I was like, just hearing those two stories back to back and similar thing, like she connected with the girl and they like went over the timelines and everything. I actually interviewed her for the podcast too. And it just like really made me think, I was like, who is capable of this that maybe like I've never even considered. And so like it almost makes me jaded and I haven't even gone through it. So yeah, I would love to talk about like, as you're going through this healing process, what are you kind of doing to make sure that like you don't bring that into another relationship? Because I don't think anyone would really blame you if you did to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I keep going back and forth. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But um, first, I want to say I'm so sorry for your friend. <laughs> Maybe yeah. she and I can get a drink sometime. <laughs> yes. um, and second, you know, when we were talking about like telling a guy what you need from them, it's the same thing. Like, and I'm not sure I'm going to do this moving forward. You know, a basic example is I really want a guy to open a door for me, right? Like, oh, I've never had a guy open a door for me. He would open the door every single time because he knew that. Then once they hook you or whatever you want to call it, catch you, they'll stop doing that because then they don't have to because then Mm -hmm. you're there because then you have emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that that's something moving forward that I'm not going to do. I'm not going to be as clear, I guess, on like my expectations, number one, and also just in general, I don't like it going back and saying, well, my last relationship, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. I really hate doing that. And there's a lot of times where guys and women, I think, try to just see where is this person coming from? When was their last relationship? What's their mindset? And I think that that would be like a really big red flag for a guy if I came in I was like well yeah my last relationship just really wrecked me (laughs) or like you know or just really like told them the whole thing and was like it was really fucking terrible Mm -hmm. and if you do this to me I'm gonna be a maniac and I'm really guarded and this is why and so I think I do have to like find the time for myself and then give myself grace when I'm meeting someone new and say you know what this is a new person but be cautious. And I'm the only one that's privy to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. need to tell a guy, hey, listen, I'm being cautious. I don't have to announce that. And I think that that's something I don't think it's hard to do. But I think it is a challenge to do that without somebody feeling like you're obviously guarded. Oh, yeah. It's so hard. It's very difficult. And I feel like transparency and vulnerability I think especially today and like our current society, they're valued so much in a relationship and for good reason. And I feel like you often see, you know, portrayals of relationships like on reality TV, like on The Bachelor, where they're opening up about like their biggest insecurities and traumas on date two. And it's like, for me, I'm someone who just naturally takes longer to open up, like even before having any relationships, it wasn't like something that happened. That's just kind of a product of, you know, my upbringing and the way my parents were. And it, is really tough to protect yourself without somebody like thinking that maybe you're not ready to be in a relationship or that it's a reflection on them. Right. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that goes because I've been, I've been getting to know somebody 
before that you can tell he's guarded. And and I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the deal here? And he's like, well, you know, you know, I, I don't really like trust girls. And the last girl I was with this, this and this, you know, it goes on and on and on. I've certainly been with guys that I'm like, is everything okay? Because you seem really like you like me, but then you're also like, not sure. And I don't want to do that to somebody. So I think I need to really give myself the right amount of time to process this where I'm not going to carry it forward to somebody else because that's not fair. But again, like I said, I need to be the only one that's maybe privy to my self-preservation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you and your therapist and your podcast listeners and that's fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that's such a healthy way to approach it because I think oftentimes people just kind of like rush into things without taking the time to heal from whatever they need to heal from in their past relationship. So I think it's great that you're taking that approach. And I guess like, as you've been reflecting, is there anything that in hindsight you realize was a red flag, but didn't come across as a red flag in the moment? I mean, there were some really obvious ones. So this girl that he ended up being with alongside me, she was somebody that he had already like talked to me about in the same vein here where he was like, you know, this girl before I really liked her. She wanted an open relationship. She wanted the opportunity to continue dating and seeing other people. And he was a lot like me where it was like, if I'm sleeping with you, like you're the only person I'm sleeping with. Mm -hmm. So he's like, she was like going on all these trips and having all this fun with all these different guys every weekend. It was like hard to like get a date with her, but I really liked her. So I kept pursuing her. Mm -hmm. And then I asked her to be like exclusive. And she said, no, I've made it clear to you, you know, I want to date and have an open relationship. I like you a lot, but I'm not like ready to be serious. And so he had told me that he said, okay, bye. And then that's when he met me. And then somewhere in between they reconnected and she Mm. lives there, like where he lives. And I'm obviously out here somewhere in between they had reconnected and started hanging out again. I didn't know any of this, but then one day he's like, Hey, um, I just want to let you know, like, I have to go see so and so. And he like went to go see her. He's like, she needed help with something, but like, she posted it on her. She's quite a heavy influencer. She has lots and mm-hmm. lots of followers. And I had actually already followed her before I even met him. And that's how she oh, came wow. up in yeah. conversation. Was that he was like, how do you know her? I'm like, I don't. She's just like a, an she was an influencer. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know her. Mm-hmm. She's just got she's got five hundred thousand followers on all these platforms, you know. And so mm-hmm. he's like, I just want to let you know, I'm going to see her, but she posts something, and like, I don't want you to see it and freak out. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, can we talk about this later? And so it didn't keep coming up, but like once in a while it would where he was like, Oh yeah. So I ran into her cause I was out with so-and-so and he's dating her friend and da da da. And there was all this like crossover. He spoke almost like purposefully poorly about her hmm, to okay. the point where I'm like, Oh, this kind of sucks. Like one, I've admired this girl as like an influencer. I follow her for a reason. Like I mm-hmm. like her for all intents and purposes. Then you tell me this story that she was like an asshole to you and she was like going out and having sex with all these other guys while also sleeping with you and you found out about him, what would be serious and she was kind of a jerk. 
And he just said all these negative things. And I said, you know, can you give me three positive things about her? Because you seem to have a lot of negativity. So I'm just wondering if this is how you feel about her after wanting to be in a relationship with her, like I need to balance how you feel about me. Like that's how I was thinking. And he's like, there's really not much positive about her. Like I made a really big mistake. I shouldn't have ever gone out with her, this, this, and this. And then he would tell me all these details to the point where I was like, oh, wow, she's a really terrible person to do that Mm -hmm. to you. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, his point was to get me to like unfollow her, no longer support (laughs) her, all of that. But that was his game. Yeah. And she and I kind of figured that out after the fact. Um, We ended up DMing each other because we had found out. How did you find out? Like, I really want to hear, like, how this all unraveled for him. Um, So, like I said, and I can't say too much just because I do want to protect her as well. But like I said, she's she's quite the influencer. And she was sharing these stories, like, on her lives. And I was watching it and I was like, there's some parallel here. Like, what is going on? Like, there's a little bit too much stickiness. Mm. And I contacted my one girlfriend, my good girlfriend that I was talking about. She's the crazy friend. She's little <laughs> FBI. She's Love like, that. you need me, that friend. Give me his name and his height, and I'll find out where he <laughs> got arrested in 2007. Like, that is her. And she basically was comparing like clips from her TikTok, clips from her Instagram, all this stuff and like meshing it together and being like, this is his car. This is his apartment. This is the window that you (laughs) stood in front of in this photo. She had everything. And I'm like, wow, you know, you really got to calm down. This is hurting me. You can't do this. Like I got upset. I was like, this is really hurtful. Like, Mm -hmm. please. Like, this is like, I don't think you realize this is not like a joke to me. I'm in love with this guy. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, don't be stupid. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then this girl went on a live. I was talking about, oh, now he's got a new girlfriend and this and this and this. Little did I know on her live, she was talking about the girlfriend he currently has. And wow. I thought she was talking about me. And so I was oh like, my God. oh my God. And I was like crying watching her live. And I'm like, oh my God, like now she's hurt from this. We got to talk. And so then I talked to her. She knew a bunch of shit that I didn't know. I was telling her things he had lied to her about when he was spending time with me, mm-hmm. just all sorts of stuff. We kind of went back and forth in the DMs. And then we ended up calling each other and talking. And what was so funny about it is that we both, both of us had the same mindset in that she was getting on a plane to go away for a girl's trip. And I was getting on a plane to go by myself to Miami because mm-hmm. I just like needed to like yeah get out of my own head Mm -hmm. and we were on the phone while we were both like on the way to the airport like sharing stories and she's like this is so crazy I'm like yeah it's this is wild yeah and what sucks is for the longest time she was speaking so highly of him on social media Mm, and I was speaking so highly of him to my friend who was like he's a liar da 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 I'm like no you don't understand I've never been treated so well like this is not this is too much like oh, okay, he drives this kind of car. Like, he's the only guy in all of Chicago with that car. But my friend was right on everything. (laughs) Like, I really need to trust her now. But, I mean, there were situations like that where he'd be like, hey, don't look at her Instagram. I'm like, sketch. What? Like, something like that. And then also where, like, 
I would call him and he'd be like, Hey, I can't talk right now. I'm like, okay, I just wanted to say good night and like, good luck tomorrow. Like he had this big thing going on. He's like, okay, thanks. I'm like, can you talk for five seconds? He's like, not really. I'm like, okay, why? what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just hanging out with my friends. And so I didn't say anything. And then the next day it became this argument. And I'm like, oh my God, I just like, to me, it's your apartment. Your friends are at your apartment. Can't you just walk into the other room and say, hey, like, good night. I'm sorry. The guys are here, whatever. And like, have it be a five second thing. Yeah. And he made it this massive deal. And then I remember specifically asking her, I'm like, were you with him the night before he had that thing? Da, da, da. And she's like, yeah, like, I, I specifically remember he was like on his phone the whole time. I'm like, yeah, wow. that was me. Like, wow. we, we compared like very detailed notes. Whereas this fight, that he made me feel so bad about just saying goodnight to him, which I thought was such a simple thing mm-hmm. after all he did for me, right? Yeah. Became this massive deal when really it was just because she was at his apartment and he couldn't be on the yeah. phone. Again, just gaslighting. You know, he has to cover up yeah. somehow. So he's going to turn it back on you to be like, you're asking too much and you're being crazy and you're being suspicious for no reason. And it's just... So insane that guys default to that. Yeah, but like those are the situations where I would never, and maybe I will now moving forward, but I would never be like, what is going on? Like, what's the problem? Like, obviously your friends aren't there. You have a girl there. You know, I would never be accusatory. Whereas now I'm like, I feel like I'm in that headspace. Yeah. (laughs) Where I'm like, is there another chick involved? Because I feel like this is super simple, you Mm -hmm. know, but I would never do that. I've seen friends do that. I've seen other girls do that. And it's like an example of the kind of girl I like girl and girlfriend I don't want to be is to be so accusatory. But now like, I'm sure if I was, I would have caught him getting flustered. And as soon as I did confront him with anything, he got so flustered, he didn't even call me back. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he just ran away. So I I can't imagine what would have happened had I called him out sooner on some of the smaller things that I picked up on. But I ignored them and I chose to ignore them because of how well he treated me otherwise. And that's like Mm -hmm. the, the point of love bombing. You yeah. know, it's to yeah. to cover and to like create trust like very quickly so that you can get away with things. So. Yeah. God, I know exactly what you mean about not being that accusatory girl, because I also feel like I'm very similar in my approach. Like I'm not going to assume the worst of anybody. I'm not really going to call people out when I don't have any like, you know, overt reason to. Right. But yeah, it does really it does really raise a lot of questions about like, when is the right time to actually like follow up on that gut instinct versus mm-hmm. letting something go and like realizing that it might not be as big of a deal as you think it is. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I would really love to talk about just ghosting in general, because again, crazy cool. that he literally just like disappeared from your life at the hint <laughs> of any confrontation. That's so wild. Yeah. And yeah. I know you mentioned like you don't have any closure. And so given that, you know, you're talking to your therapist about this, like, I feel like there's a lot of talk about like how to create your own closure in instances Mm -hmm. where people don't give it to you. And how would you say that you have been doing that? Is that still something you're kind of trying to figure out? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been ghosted before by very less serious situations. Obviously, I was like physically ghosted in that restaurant. <laughs> like oh that guy just like got up and disappeared. <laughs> um, but you know, you don't get closure because, and I, I feel like this can apply to relationships too, where you have those like endless cyclical conversations where it's like, can we talk about this? Can we talk? Can we meet up? Mm-hmm. Can we talk? And there's really not closure because you're just like flooding somebody with feelings, right? Yeah. So I saw a meme about this today about a pros and cons list. If you have to make a pros and cons list, like don't (laughs) be dating this guy. So I've seen that too. Yeah. It's so funny, but it's also so, so true. But what I do after a breakup, so this is a list post breakup, everybody, you make a list of what this person gave to you positively mm-hmm. and like not material things like emotionally. What did he give to you that you appreciated that you were like, you know what? I really needed that. And he did this for me. And that was great. And you write that down. Then you write down a list of your current needs, things that you need that whether you didn't get from the relationship, you don't have in your life for yourself, from your family, from your friends. What are like the other things you need that are different from that original list. And then the following list is what from those two lists are you going to carry forward Mm. and say, these are the things I want in my next relationship or the things that he gave me really don't matter as much because the way he did it was fucked up or whatever. And I'm going to change the narrative moving forward. So those are kind of lists that I make. It's really helpful to see how small sometimes the lists are of what that person did give you. And then you can also make one that's like, what didn't they give me off the middle list, right? That middle Mm -hmm. list is still like the things that you need. And when you evaluate that and you look at that and say, gosh, he didn't do this for me. He didn't do this for me. He didn't do this for me. And like, I made it clear that that was something that I really needed in my relationship. How come I didn't demand more of that? Or how come that wasn't more important to me? You know? And so that is something that has really helped me. I, I journal vigorously my feelings. I sometimes even I'll take out my phone and I'll text myself just to get Mm. like the actual physical feeling of sending a rage text. Yes. (laughs) I love that. And even if somebody doesn't block me, if they just ghost me, like obviously you're not going to keep texting them or whatever, like don't go nuts. But I've like texted myself just to get it out and get that feeling out. And then I'll go back and read it and be like, oh, thank God I didn't send that, you know, and (laughs) because it's just an emotion. And I think also like the best thing there is that you're not reacting, you're replying. And even if it's not a physical Mm. person, even if this person ghosted you, you're replying to the situation and not reacting to it. That's like the number one thing that I've started to really cling to is like, do not react to anything negative or the way that people treat you, reply to it. Like rise up, Mm -hmm. do your own work, like create your own narrative around your needs and how you're going to present yourself moving forward. Because quite frankly, the one thing I have always learned is that whether I've been ghosted or treated shitty or not, the guy always comes back. I don't think I've ever had a situation where I've never, ever heard from the guy again. So this very well may be it because he is in like a brand new relationship, but I would not doubt that even if it's a year from now that he reaches out 
Like, oh, yeah. And not even like, I'm not trying to flatter myself like he wants to be with me, but I bet you he will say, maybe not even sorry, but just like, hi, you know? And then you have to realize, like, do I react to this or do I reply to this? But, Mm -hmm. you know, they're a ghost for a reason because they haunt you, you know? They don't just die. They don't. Oh my God. You're so right. They still have social media. They still have, you know, like I said, this girl, like this situation is a ghosting situation where I'm in contact with this girl, but she's so public and so active on social media that even if I'm not following her, she shows up on my For You page. Mm -hmm. And like, I still have to go to Chicago for work all the time. And like, that's been really like triggering for me. So the situation haunts you like a ghost. So it's not just the guy. But yeah, creating closure for yourself is getting out the emotions that you wish you could in whatever way you can. Like Mm -hmm. I've written letters to guys and been like, need no reply. This is just Mm -hmm. how I feel. And who knows if they burn them or read them or cry over them or who knows. Like you just, you never really know. But if that's what you feel you have to do for yourself, do that for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to send all of his things, anything he ever bought me or did for me, I was going to put into a box and ship it to him. Yeah. All my friends were like, what is that? What does that do for you? I was like, it's like a big fuck you to this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need anything that you got me or did for me or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but what are you expecting from that? Him to text you and be like, I'm sorry. And then what? He still has a new girlfriend. He still did this shitty stuff to you. He still did this. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. But for me, that was like an action that I could do to just kind of like hurt him back. Mm -hmm. And I realized, you know, like I said, on my podcast, I had called him a shitty person. And I was like, you know what? That's not me. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. out here name calling. I'm not out here creating situations to hurt other people. Like, he was the one doing that. So I'm just going to like step back, you know? But yeah, I think journaling is and getting your own feelings out, whether it's journaling or texting yourself or making lists, that's the best way to decipher like where you're at now and where you're going to go from these feelings. I love that. And it's like the way that you've handled it, first of all, the fact that you didn't lash out in any way, I feel like it's so easy to do that initially, but yeah, I guess your friends, you know, they bring up a Mm -hmm. good point as people who are removed from the situation, it might feel kind of vindicating in the moment, but like doesn't really do anything for you. And like this way, you don't look back and think that you did something petty. And I also just feel like, you know, your steps for coping and giving yourself your own closure, honestly, they're kind of better than any closure Mm -hmm. that a person could give you because I've really been thinking about this. And like, I wonder if the closure, quote unquote, that you get from a guy, is it ever even real in the sense that like, are there any responses if I'm really heartbroken that are truly going to make me feel better? Like I had one breakup with someone and it came somewhat out of the blue. Like there were definitely signs that like he was dealing with some things I knew were going to come to a head in some way or another. And when he ended it, you know, like he gave me like a lot of reasons and like things that were very valid that he was going through. But even though I consider myself a pretty rational person, I still kind of looked back and I was like, what if he's just saying that to like not hurt my feelings? You know, it's like very hard to question if they're telling you the truth at all. And especially in the case of this guy where it's like he's a known liar. So like, what is he going to say that's going to do better for what you could do for yourself? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's the craziest thing when you're hurting 
you really think that there's something that somebody can say to make you feel better. And there's really mm-hmm. not. Like, I think we do create these expectations. Like I said, those cyclical conversations of meeting up and having conversations, it's like, what are we going to talk about this time that's going to make anything better? Like, we're not together. It's not working. You hurt me this way. I hurt you that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, it does really suck. It's heartbreak is really one of those things that just, it's so cliche, but it just takes time. Because I don't think, and I've tried so many times where I'm like, what can I say to him or what can I write in this letter or with any guy I've gone through a breakup with where I'm like, what can I do to convince him to say something that will make me feel better? And even in situations like this, us getting back together is not going to make me feel better. Like it's just going to make me first choice. It's not going to make me feel better about everything that I found out and like the level of his lies and whether or not his feelings were ever true and all of that. So you have to really wonder like, what can I do to make myself feel better? Because this person is in this situation is not going to. And so Mm -hmm. classifying like your needs and wants moving forward and what you feel like you need in the moment to move on just in your life, that's helpful to me because there really are not a lot of things that I, I really, I, you know what, not even a lot of things. I just really don't think there's an answer of like something specific someone can say to be like, okay, you know what? Great. Thank you so much. This is so <laughs> I'm upset. over it. A hundred percent. Really wishing all the best for you. It's like, no, when someone's like, I wish you all no. the best. It's like, I want to give them the finger. Cause it's just like, that's such bullshit. Like, give me a break. Absolutely. So. That's like such a fuck you response. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And like, I think about one of my early breakups too. And like, I'm not a confrontational person. It's like something Mm -hmm. I've been working on. And when I went through this particular breakup, it was even worse. I was like probably seven years younger, maybe Mm -hmm. like six, whatever. But I broke up with this person and I think he was a little blindsided, you know, like not saying that he should have been because I think there were signs that I was pulling away. But then Mm -hmm. the breakup was like this very drawn out thing with like, all of these phone conversations and in-person conversations. And it just made it so much more painful. And I wish that I had just been direct so that we could have ended it because it's like that didn't do either of us any favors in the long run. Right. Yeah. It's tough when you're dragging things out and you know that it's like, honestly, one of my favorite songs is Slow Dancing in a Burning Room by John Mayer because it's such a perfect example of like everything around you is falling apart, but you're holding on to each other for what? Like neither one of you are going to survive this situation. So like the relationship Mm -hmm. is not going to come out on top, even if you're just like holding each other. Like there needs to be work done. You need to put out the flames. You need to rebuild the home in order for this to be okay and feel safe. Just because you're in each other's arms doesn't mean this is a safe situation or an okay situation. So that's that's Mm -hmm. honestly one of my favorite songs. Just it's very beautiful. But lyrically, it is such a perfect message. So, yeah. It really is. And actually, the friend who showed me that song like years ago when we were still in high school – she mm-hmm. was in a really toxic relationship and I think it probably resonated with her because it was like, oh, this song actually speaks to what I'm going through. And you're so yeah. right. It is like that perfect metaphor. Yeah, truly. 
So one of the things that I wanted to bring up is you said guys always come back and I wholeheartedly agree. And I think the main reason is really because, you know, when we as women generally break up with someone, I feel like we're very methodical about things. We're more in touch with our emotions. We'll do those things like making those lists, like really evaluating our feelings and the situation at whole. I think guys are a little bit more impetuous. And so sometimes they'll make these decisions on a whim and then kind of look back and realize like, oh, actually, like, you know, I was too hasty about this. And now I miss (laughs) this person. And I also think that guys have a hard time with like the cognitive dissonance of thinking that they're like a really good person, even when they've done shitty things, which is why I think oftentimes they look for that validation that like, you don't hate them, they could have a second chance if they wanted whatever. Yes. (laughs) Do you hate me? Like, what? Like, why are we talking about this? Like, I hate when I yeah. get a message that's like, you hate me, don't you? I'm like, you want like a lollipop? Like, what do you want from me <laughs> from this reach out? Mm-hmm. And it's not even in like a text. It could always be just in like a refollow on Instagram. Like you unfollow each other, right? And then he goes or whatever. And then they could mm-hmm. just like request to follow you. And it's like, oh, there he is. Like, just pop it back in. He's back. He's back from the dead. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not always like a text or a call. It's in little ways like that that are just like breadcrummy ways. It's creepy. (laughs) It is really creepy because it's like, it always happens too when you're at a place where you're not even thinking about them at all. And you're like, why did I need this reminder of you? I didn't. Totally. Yes. Yes. I mean, do you think that there's ever a situation where it's worthwhile to like give a ghost a second chance? Like, can they be resurrected? (laughs) Um, I mean, so here's actually a situation that I've been thinking about. So this was a guy like last summer, maybe like a year ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And we were going to go up to the mountains, which is like, it's like two hours to really get to like a mountain town from the city of Denver. Mm -hmm. So we like had this trip planned, all this stuff. We had gone on a handful of dates and he was like, let's go away for the weekend. It's going to be nice. And the mountain towns were really the only place or thing you could do last summer (laughs) because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, 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 let's go. And we spoke one night and talked about it. And then the next morning he was like, Hey, so I got a weird phone call from my family. Like there's a situation going on. I have to go help out, blah, blah, blah. And it was this huge paragraph. And I'm like, Mm. okay, I really hope everything's okay. Like, let me know what's going on. Days go by. I don't hear from him. I'm like, this is weird. Then Mm -hmm. I saw like on his Instagram story, he went to the mountains anyway. And I'm like, this is weird. Do Mm -hmm. I say something? What do I do? And so I texted him, Hey, like, I hope everything worked out. Is it okay? And didn't answer. Then he's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, sorry. It's been so stressful. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Didn't answer. Didn't answer for day. Then days and days and days go on. Right. All of a sudden I'm like, well, he was either like embarrassed, Mm -hmm. which I didn't sense that, but he was either embarrassed that he had to ditch or something came up and he just decided like he was out or he was with somebody else or who knows months go by it's now like literally november when i started dating this new guy and i get like a dm from him like hey you probably hate me like just like you said but like i'd really like to reconnect with you and i send him a dm and i go why are you dming me you have my number and he was like oh i figured (laughs) you'd block me 
I'm like, oh, nope, never blocked you. Like, still waiting to find out what the fuck happened that weekend. Yeah. You're supposed to go away. And then he texted me. He's like, hey, how's it going? And trying to make small talk. And I said, listen, like, I don't really understand what you're getting at. Like, if you want to call me, like, you're more than welcome. And he mm-hmm. never called me, like, tried texting me back. I'm like, I'm not doing this over text. Like, you can call no. me. And he's like, well, I just want to explain myself. I go, great. Do, so do it over the phone. Call. And he wouldn't do it. And it was weird. But, like, if he had called me and said, listen, it was, like, seriously a family emergency or whatever. And, like, really explained what happened and then said, you know, I was embarrassed or whatever. I think in that situation, I'd be like, okay, we can get a drink and, like, see mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah. But if you do this crap to me again like i'm out in Mm -hmm. that situation yeah maybe but like in a situation where i've invested a lot and there was just no explanation whatsoever that i i can't really excuse no i don't think it's appropriate to treat somebody like that it's disrespectful and it's so easy to say listen, I'm just not interested or I just, you know, maybe I thought I was ready and I'm not for a relationship right now or Mm -hmm. you were just not really somebody I align with at the moment. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I thought this would be better than ghosting. Like, if you can't be an adult, like at this this stage in my life, like the age of men that I'm dating, if you're not an adult about respect and just not being a coward, as we've said a couple of times here. <laughs> if you can't do that, then why would I want to be with you? And why would I want to ever give you another chance? You know, like I wouldn't want to be with somebody like that anyway that can't communicate in a respectful way. Like, yeah. there's just a level of decency, I feel like. And even this guy that left me at the restaurant, like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to say it was decent of him to text me because like the way he texted me was not very kind. That's giving him way too much credit. Right. But I will say like he didn't just leave. He didn't just leave without an answer. He just left and then didn't say it to my face. So that Mm -hmm. was super cowardly. But at least like I got an explanation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked about this with my friends so many times. Like, would you rather have a guy ghost you or tell you why he's not interested in you and i'm like honestly after that situation like i have no Mm -hmm. idea because that was really shitty like he listed like (laughs) my business and my diet and my social life all in one text and telling me how he found fault with it whereas when somebody ghosts you you can just be like "Hmm, okay and not have to worry like about getting your feelings hurt it's not me it's them yeah but um no i don't think i would give a ghost another chance i think that that's it's so disrespectful that's like the biggest thing for me so yeah yeah it is that's the perfect way to describe it because if you have opened yourself up and then someone's just gonna like cut and run the second like they get spooked honestly like to continue with the ghost metaphor I guess that's not a good sign for a life partner either it's like okay like best case scenario, what we like get married and like have kids. And then how are you going to handle real life conflict if you can't even handle like sticking around when things get a little bit like difficult while we're just dating in the early stages? Totally. And I, I think this guy, this recent guy I was with, I think I confronted him with some very like hard facts that he couldn't really run from and he had to kind of sit and own it. <laughs> And he was not capable of doing that. There's a level of emotional intelligence that comes with being able to handle criticism or handle a problem 
or when someone Mm -hmm. doesn't like you. And I think professionally, there's a level to that, like where you have to fire somebody or get in an altercation at work. I think that with family, there's a Mm -hmm. way to handle it. And then also in intimate relationships as well. And he wasn't somebody that handled any of those other elements well. So I don't know why I expected him to handle a phone call with me very well. (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I just think that like you have to be able to like handle it and say, you know what, I was wrong and that wasn't cool. And even so, these guys that come back, like they don't even say that. So it's like, you're not even trying that hard. So I don't know if I could honestly say it. I I do think it's really disrespectful, but anybody that has kind of circled back around, they've never been, not one has said like, I'm sorry I ghosted you or I'm sorry about what happened. Like no one has apologized. So that's like step one, you would think. (laughs) That's like the bare minimum. (laughs) Yes. Like just acknowledging the last time we even spoke and or saw one another and they can't even do that. (laughs) Then why would I even entertain anything else they have to say? Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I feel like when guys kind of come at it from like this really passive way, it's like they're thinking maybe enough time has passed that she doesn't care. And that might be true, but regardless, you still need to take ownership of your actions. Like, I don't know, like you didn't forget that it happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I did not forget what you like so abruptly did. Thank you so much. And that's the thing too, is that I go, like I said, I'm not husband hunting, but I do like Mm -hmm. commit. So when I'm talking to you, like, even like on dating apps and stuff, yeah, you're talking to like a couple guys at a time, but then at some point you exchange numbers. Once I give somebody my number to text and I'm talking to them or FaceTiming them, like I'm not going back on the app to see who else I can talk to. Yeah. I'm intentional with whom I like give my number and my time to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the, that's the thing too, is that I, I, I get hurt by it not in like a heartbreak way, like where I'm falling in love, but I get hurt because like I've been giving you my time and energy and effort and you just didn't give a shit about that. Yeah. You took it for granted. You know? So. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Yes. Yes, totally. So, I mean, you're clearly a very intentional dater and you're, I think very thoughtful. So I probably know the answer to this, but I had to ask If we turn the tables, like, have there ever been any scenarios where you've said, oh, I wish that I had handled that breakup in a different way? Totally. A hundred percent. My college boyfriend was like my first love. And for all intents and purposes, the word crazy really sucks to be used. But like, I went crazy. I was like, I don't understand. Like, we have to figure this out. We need to be together. And I was very codependent. I was going through a lot of different things in my life. Personally, I'd suffered a lot of loss at the Mm -hmm. time and was extremely codependent on our relationship. He was my first love, my first sexual partner. Um, We went all the way through college together and it had gotten new jobs and all of this, these heavy moments together, plus a lot of like really upsetting things in my personal life that he was there for. So when we broke up, it was like, nobody else gets it but you like I need Mm -hmm. you I have to have you in my life and I just did not know how to handle it and it was one of those situations where I was extremely cyclical with like can we talk Mm -hmm. can we can we find a way can we talk about this can we talk about this and it's like 
talking the definition of insanity you know if you really want to call the crazy is doing the same thing with expecting a different result and we just kept going back and talking Mm -hmm. and talking and talking and it never changed the result that he and I were not together um and so I really did not handle that well and it's kind of cool because he's since gotten married to the girl that he started dating right after me and they have a really happy life. And he and I connected recently because our dog died. We had gotten a dog together when we were dating and she passed away. And so he had like emailed me to let me know. And we talked a little bit and I'm kind of apologized to one another for the way everything went down because in the beginning it was fine. And then the way that I dragged it out, I know I had a lot to play in it, but the way I had dragged it out really caused like a lot of friction and like discomfort. And mm-hmm. we resented each other for the way that we ultimately ultimately treated each other in the end with all the back and forth. So it was kind of cool that we were able to kind of bury that hatchet like 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I've, I've certainly not handled myself so gracefully. Like I'm happy to admit that. And there have been plenty of times where I've been like, you know, had a couple too many glasses of wine and then (laughs) called and been like, I don't understand. Like, what is your problem? And just wanting to know, like wanting that answer. But, you know, I, of course, like I, I, do I regret it? Not really because eventually it, 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 it was just a sign we weren't meant to be together anyway. And it was Mm -hmm. really, like I said, those were reactions and not replying. Mm -hmm. So it's a maturity thing too. Like a lot of the things I I regret and a lot of those moments I reacted that way, I was much, much younger. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to go through those things in order to grow. And I definitely relate to what you're saying about like having those few drinks and then, you know, the truth really comes out. That's like my nightmare. And it's mm-hmm. especially because sometimes it's so hard. <laughs> it's my nightmare <laughs> too. It's like, I just worry that it's like you keep it under. Yeah. It's literally my nightmare and I've done it. And like at one point, you know, even if you've avoided bringing something up that's been bothering you, have a couple of drinks, you're not going to avoid it. And so one guy who he ended things with me and I remember it was kind of abrupt and I was like, things were going really well. I don't know what happened. We weren't seriously dating. We weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, but still I was like, it felt like it could be on that track. And he broke up with me like right before Memorial Mm -hmm. Day weekend. And that Memorial Day, I knew I was going to go out. I knew I was going to drink and I just deleted his number because I was like, I don't want it to be that easy for me to just like fire out a text to him saying like, I miss you or like calling him out. I was like, let's just get ahead of this while we're sober. So that doesn't happen. Wow. I wish I had that. (laughs) I I definitely, it really is. It's like my worst nightmare and I've definitely done it. Um, One of my exes and I are actually like really good friends. I guess you could call it friends. Like I haven't Mm -hmm. seen him in years, but like we're really close. Mm -hmm. We keep in touch. We support one another and everything's cool. Like it's just chill. And the way that our relationship ended was equally as chill because it was like not the best time for him not the best time for me we were both moving Mm. to totally different Mm -hmm. places for work and had just met each other prior and it was like well neither one of us can really back out now because we had Mm -hmm. both like signed contracts Mm -hmm. and things like that so um we tried to make it work but it just wasn't like a it was a timing thing and i do kind of believe in that i believe that like this recent guy too like 
if he was really the age that he said he was or like a little (laughs) bit more experienced and older, I don't think he would have treated me nor this other girl so poorly um, and or moved on so quickly with somebody else, um, you know, because he he hasn't really had the time to be alone with himself. But no, no, like my one ex, like whenever I'm drunk, like I, I like hate this because it is, it's like my nightmare. And I'm like, whenever I'm drunk, I literally message him. And it's always like, how come we can't just be together? And then like the next day I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, no Mia, no, you did not. No, you did not. And then I get so embarrassed and like upset and he just like laughs it off. But I've, my therapist is like, do you want to talk about this? Like you obviously <laughs> really want to be with him deep down. I'm like, no, I really don't. Like yeah, I'm full yeah. over him. We were not like deeply, deeply in love. It was not like this heavy, heavy relationship, but it was just like, he's a part of my life. He's great. He's good looking. He's funny. Like mm-hmm. we talk all the time. We have good conversations, but like for whatever reason, when I'm drunk, like I always like send him a Snapchat or a text and I'm like, oh, this is such bad news. <laughs> and, you know, like thankfully I'm not a heavy yeah. drinker, but when it does happen, it's it's been a possibility. But maybe I need to like delete his number. <laughs> I'll, take your, I'll take your hint. I mean, I wish I could say that I always did that, but I remember there was one ex who I'm also friends with, and this was closer to when we broke up, but I went out for Halloween, and it was Mm -hmm. a weeknight, so first of all, I don't usually go out on a weeknight, but this Mm -hmm. one Halloween night I did, and I called him, and I think because it was a weeknight and it was later, I didn't expect him to pick up, so I called him, and then when he picked up, I like actually panicked a little bit, and I like... (laughs) I wasn't blackout drunk, but I feel like I blacked out in the sense that I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what I said. Like we talked for so long. Like what, how embarrassing was I? Like, do I need to like actually delete his contact and never see him again? Cause I should be so mortified. So it's alcohol is like so wild. It's like such a foe sometimes. It is, but it's also like opened a lot of conversations that needed to be had. So I don't hate it, but I'm just lucky Mm -hmm. that he has been like patient with me. I do say that sometimes. And it is really funny that my therapist is like, I think this is something we need to dive into. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. I (laughs) promise it's not. It's just because I'm lonely and he's literally the only man that I know responds to me. (laughs) (laughs) So like I, you know, I don't have like 500 men in my phone and like I don't go on hinge Mm. and like FaceTime people on hinge or whatever. Like I know girls that have done that and I'm like, oh my God, that's embarrassing. Like I would hate (laughs) it's like a video call feature on hinge and like I know friends of mine that have gotten drunk and like gone on this video feature and FaceTime <laughs> these strangers and been like, you're a babe. And I'm like, oh my God, I would never be able to do that. So Okay. One of my good friends does that. And I always get mortified when she does it when I'm around her. And I'm like, good for you. But yeah. like if I were on the apps, I would I would never. Like yeah, I no. can't imagine. No. And it's also a safety thing for me. Like it really is like, I don't give out my number unless like even, even like clubhouse and like Instagram and all of that. Like I really don't give out my number unless I can like trust you. And there've been plenty of instances where guys are like, can we get off this app? I'm like, you know, this app is like designed for chatting. So until like, Mm -hmm. if we're going to text, like, let's just text on the app. 
And yeah. not a lot of people love that. They're like, oh, well, I don't I'm I don't like opening this app. Like you can text me. Here's my number. And I know I don't text them because I'm like uncomfortable and I don't want them having my number. I know girls that have yeah. used, like a Google voice number, like a fake number, which I think is kind of smart, but yeah, it's just like a safety yeah. thing, I guess, for me at least. But and also maybe like a drunk preservation. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i'm not gonna call i love that you set that boundary yeah yeah you have to and you're so right i feel the same because i also think guys are like let me add you on instagram let me add you on snapchat and the few times that i would do that with a guy before we exchanged numbers and it was very early on i actually always regretted it for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons but i'm just like yeah i just feel like if you say no, that you're not comfortable and someone pushes back and has a real issue with that, that's kind of totally. a red flag also. It's like, why can't you respect this very simple boundary? I completely agree. Yeah. So I wanted to wrap up with a game and this has been such a great discussion. And so I want to keep it in the theme of ghosting. And so the game is, would you rather? And obviously like it sucks to get ghosted no matter what, but like sometimes it happens at a moment where it just like hits extra hard. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to give you two scenarios for you to pick which ghosting scenario is not quite as bad as the other one. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So would you rather be ghosted before a wedding that you are going to take this person to where you know that you'll see your ex and your ex's new significant other or before a high school reunion that you were planning to take them to? Um, <laughs> probably the high school reunion because... Uh, because going to a wedding with your ex, I've done it like three times actually. And oh my gosh, it can be really tough when you're by yourself and not only when you're by yourself, but when you like plan to bring a date and then your date doesn't mm-hmm. show up. Like I can't even imagine mm-hmm. my high school reunion was super funny because I was dating somebody at the time and he was like, do you want me to go with you? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we were like in a relationship and I was just like no you know I feel like the only people that are going are people that are actually married mm-hmm. and so I didn't bring so I feel like high school reunion it would be less yeah. of like a hit to my ego I think and like <laughs> less of a story to explain like I could at least just say oh I'm single whereas like at a wedding when you've already like prepaid for a guest you know, That's true. It's a little bit more, you have to admit a little bit more and to your ex and all of that. Like you have to like, it's tough. That's tougher. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I think that weddings just bring out so much more emotion in you, totally. whether you want yeah. it to or expect it or not. And like my high school reunion, actually, they didn't allow plus ones, which was like a very controversial decision at the time. Oh, I think wow. some people were not pleased with that. I wasn't dating anyone at the time. So I was like, I don't care. Like now I just get to hang out with like all these people I haven't seen in a while. But yeah, there's yeah. less of an expectation there anyway. I do think a lot of the, I, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think the people that did bring dates plus ones to our reunion they were married so Mm -hmm. and I went to like a really tiny high school so it was like obvious who was like actually married and who just was there so I don't really remember anybody being like this is my boyfriend you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's fair yeah all right so the next scenario would you rather get ghosted after you've told your friends about him or your brother about him uh my friends, 
because I don't tell and this is like a new rule of mine too I think after this situation is I'm gonna really really be selective with how much I share to anybody because I feel like I I get really excited and then the letdown is so huge that it's like I'm dependent on my friends to support me through that. The older I get, the more solidified a lot of my friends' relationships are. So it's a little bit of like a broken record. <laughs> yeah. But my brother and my family, just my family in general, like it's very, very uncommon that I would share about a guy. Mm-hmm. So the only time I really share and what's so crazy is I had just told my family and FaceTime my family with this guy oh like God. a week before all this shit went down. Ugh. Yeah. So it's like so rare that I share. I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing somebody and that's it. I don't give names. Yeah. I don't send pictures. I don't do any of that. I don't tell stories like nothing. I just say, yeah, I'm seeing someone. Whereas my girlfriends or my friends, they may meet him when we go out. They, Mm -hmm. you know, I call them and say, oh, my God, I went on this great date last night. It's very different than the way that I share things with my family. So probably just with my friends because they're like more used to it. Whereas my brother would probably want to like beat him up, even though he realizes (laughs) this is kind of like the way things go. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably my friends just because that's how it's always been. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I don't have siblings. I am also an only child. So I think for me, there's hard to like have that equivalency. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. It's um a lot of the criticisms yeah. that people have of us. I'm like, I can see why people think that like a lot of them are valid, but <laughs> yeah, like for me, I'm not going to tell my mom about just anyone. So it's like hard to compare my friends versus my mom. Right. But like, I know with some people, like, you know, your siblings you see all the time and like maybe have a more casual relationship with, but I do get like, also protecting your relationship status with them too and not really wanting to talk about it until it reaches another level. Totally. So next scenario, would you rather get ghosted after you've posted about them on Instagram or after you've like brought them up on the podcast? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Okay. So I actually have this rule that like my Instagram and I've always been this way, like even if you look at my personal, I have like a business one and then I have a personal one. If you look at my personal one, I very, very, very slimly have shared any relationship I've been in, whether it's been four years or four months, like Mm -hmm. very slim. I don't really post pictures because I just like to keep that private. And again, it's just like what Mm -hmm. I was just saying, like, I really take my time before I open up those gates to like share to everybody and share to the world. And I feel like Mm -hmm. after a year, that's when I started like actually posting like on my stories, like very rarely would I put like an actual post about them. But with the podcast, like I've been very cautious about that. And like with TikTok too, is like, I've been so cautious about like, I definitely don't name names. I'm very vague about like where they live Mm -hmm. or where I met them or whatever so that people can't really connect the dots. I think Instagram is less like of a hit. I think on my podcast, if I'm going to open up about my podcast is personal as well, but it's like actually me telling my story, whereas Instagram can be fabricated, you know, like Mm -hmm. people don't always know what's real or not on Instagram, whereas a podcast, it's like extremely raw you can only edit so Mm -hmm. much, you know, unless you're just lying, like (laughs) just talking and lying. So 
I think like if I were to talk about a guy on my podcast that I was excited about, that I was dating, that I was seeing, and then he ghosted me, um, that would really suck, but it would also create really great content where I could be like, hey guys, I'm back and (laughs) I've been ghosted. (laughs) It would be very different. I think then like on my Instagram where you know, those are just flash in the pans anyway. Like everybody's Instagram is so full just day to day that it can be forgotten anyway. You're right. And I've had situations where people are like, oh, what happened to that guy? And I'm like, oh, we're not together anymore. Whereas my podcast, I'm like doing a live update on my life and I have to explain it. So that's true. There's another level of intimacy there. So I agree with you. Okay, so would you rather get ghosted before a family holiday like Thanksgiving or before New Year's Eve that you're going to spend together? Oh, um, probably New Year's Eve because explaining that to my family would be really mm-hmm. difficult. And I've already spent plenty of New Year's by myself. Yeah. So I know I can handle that, but handling my family. And having to like explain because here's the thing, right? When somebody ghosts you, even to your friends or to my brother, to my family, like you still kind of want to preserve the situation a little bit. One, so that you don't look bad. But then also if there's like an actual emergency for this person and then they come back and say like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to ghost you, that at least there's some preservation. Mm -hmm. So explaining that to my family where they could be like, oh my God, what an asshole. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, like that's like harder, I think, to deal with than it would be like New Year's where I've spent plenty of New Year's on my own or with friends or whatever. That's true. And your family out of concern is likely going to follow up and ask so many questions and you'll have to like relive this whole thing again. Right. So I think that is kind of more traumatizing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I'm just thinking of my family in particular. (laughs) It would be difficult. Okay. So I just have two more scenarios. So one of them, would you rather be ghosted right after you've just gotten them this really thoughtful birthday gift and celebrated their birthday or right before Valentine's Day? So I am laughing really hard because a lot of these scenarios have- Oh, no. I hope this isn't triggering. So- My birthday is the day before Valentine's. No way. (laughs) And this situation that just happened to me, like, happened that week. Oh, my God. So it was, like, very similarly threaded. But the other one was getting them a thoughtful gift. I've also done that to the point where, like, I've ordered something for someone and to, like, have it be delivered, like, on Amazon or something like that. And it gets delivered during like the the days after I've been ghosted. So they get this like thing delivered with like a cute note and like I'm I it's too late to cancel it, had been shipped or whatever. And then like I can't reach the person. And then I'm obviously (sighs) like, wow, like they probably think I sent this to them to get them back when the reality was I ordered this before they even ghosted. (laughs) I did not expect this to like turn into a true scenario for you. (laughs) No, but that's why I started laughing. I was like, oh my God, this is actually like, actually has happened to me. I think that the, I think only because like Valentine's Day and my birthday, they're literally like the same weekend Mm -hmm. every year. So that really sucks, like really, really sucks. 
But I think the gift thing sucks, especially when it was like delivered. Mm-hmm. If I had already bought it and I could return it, that's different. But like the situation that has happened with me where is where like I ordered it. It was like a six day delivery. I put like a note on it. In those six days, shit went Ugh. down and I got ghosted and it still got oh delivered. And I don't even know if they like still have it or what. And so it's like almost like an embarrassing thing for me. So that was like a really uncomfy yeah. feeling. But oh my God, I, can't, <laughs> I don't know if I can pick one. <laughs> I think maybe that, the yeah. gift one. I'll go with that because my birthday and Valentine's Day, like I'm not a huge birthday okay. person. I'm not a big Valentine's Day person, but just like knowing that that's coming and the guy being like, you know, F it, bye like that's yeah. shitty it's just like a really shitty feeling because they know it's mm-hmm. coming it's like they do it on yeah. purpose so i would rather do it with the gift okay that's fair yeah you're right i didn't really think about it like there is a definite intent there where they're just like well whatever and i know there's never a good time to break up with somebody like i got broken up with a week before yeah. my birthday once and it was horrible but i was like okay i don't want them to drag it on yeah. just because they feel bad I think I would still pick the right before Valentine's Day, largely because of like my pride. But yeah, that Mm -hmm. is really crazy. I also can't believe they didn't text you to say thank you or something or like acknowledge that they received the gift. No. Wow. No. It's like I go on Amazon and I'm like, was this delivered? (laughs) And it even shows like the picture of like where they drop it off. And I'm like, oh, yep, that's his house. Like, wow. (laughs) Well, good riddance. Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. It was fun. Okay. So the last one I have, this one is a little more nebulous. So would you rather get ghosted when you've matched with someone on the app? You are actually very excited to meet them. You're kind of like talking about a date, but they ghost you before the date happens. Like they unmatch you. Mm -hmm. Or would you rather get ghosted after you have been on one date and you're like, oh, it was like pretty good. You're not over the moon, but you're like, oh, I would see him again. Um, both have also <laughs> happened. <laughs> Honestly, like, I mean, both have happened to me too. I feel like they're yeah. more common than like they should be. Yeah. So both of those have happened in the sense that like I went on a really great date with a guy. Like he went to the bathroom halfway through the date and then came back and sat on the same side of the table as me and got like cuddly and then paid for my Uber home, which I thought was really sweet, Mm -hmm. like really nice. And then just never heard from him. And I texted him maybe twice and like looked at his Instagram and he was active. I was like, okay, he didn't die on the way home. And then just Mm -hmm. like never heard from him again. And I remember like a week later I tried texting him and I was blocked and I was like, oh God. And then also I've I've definitely matched with people and like had really good convos and like set up a date or, or exchange numbers and then just never heard back. And I'm like, that sucks. Like I was into that guy. I totally would have gone out with him. Um, I think the one like online because you haven't actually met yet. Like you haven't really wasted too much of your time. Yeah. Whereas like meeting up with somebody, you're already putting in the effort, you know, so you're kind of like wasting your time Mm -hmm. (laughs) if he ghosts you after that. So yeah, yeah. I would agree. I would agree. The one time that I would say like my worst ghost before I actually met the person, it was like we had plans to make a date. Like we were just going to get coffee. He canceled the day before. So in my mind, I was like, whatever, he's not interested. Mm -hmm. And then he followed up and was like, I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. I really want to make it up to you. And like, 
said he made reservations at this really nice restaurant. He like picked the time and I was like, okay, cool. And because we already yeah. picked a place and a time and he said he made a reservation, I didn't really think much of it when like I didn't hear from him the day before. I was like planning to go and I went out for drinks with my friend before, yeah. like I went to brunch and I was like, yeah, I'm going to like go to brunch and then I'll like go home, get ready and go to the state. And then I was just like, right. you know, it is a little weird that it's same day and I haven't heard from him. And then I go back to the app and he unmatched right. me. So I was like, okay, like, why did you even go through the effort of reaching out? Like you already were off the hook when oh you canceled God. the first date. Yeah, that's so weird. The unmatching thing is like a weird level of ghosting too. Mm-hmm. I haven't really like dove into that. But like, I've certainly had like good conversations and then be like, hey, like, do you have an Instagram or do you want mine just to like confirm that these people aren't catfishing or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. Like, we can keep talking here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, super nice about it. And then I'm almost like immediately I get unmatched. And I'm like, what? Okay, what so definitely a catfish then. They're like, she's on to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like that for sure. But there is a lot of like weird situations where I'm having like a good conversation and then out of nowhere, like they're no longer on the I'm like, did they unmatch me or they're just not on the app? Yeah. And then I'll swipe and I'll see them again. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this is so bizarre. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Well, you know, I just wanted to say thank you so much for like being so vulnerable about your experience and so open. I think this was such a great discussion. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I've, I've exhausted this story now. I've talked about <laughs> it over and over. So I'm getting good at it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of time for self-reflection, I'm sure. Yes, yes. But thank you. I'm so happy to do this with you. Yeah. Thank you. I'd love if you could plug where people can find your podcast, your agency, or anything else you want them to be able to look up. Oh my God, totally. So I am the founder of Scotchberry Creative, which on Instagram, it's just Scotchberry Creative, scotchberry.com, just like the drink and the fruit. And then my podcast is just, hey, it's me, but it's M-I. My name is Mia and everybody calls me me. I don't know why. I have three letters. I don't know why we need to <laughs> abbreviate it anymore. But um, it's just, hey, it's me, M-I. And that is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as Instagram. It's heyitsme.mia. Love it. Thank you so much. And as always, you can follow my podcast at Interstates and Heartbreak on Instagram, or you can follow me at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Thanks so much, Mia. Thank you. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.